welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I'm excited to say that we've got the power of choices in healthy relationships as a subject for today. And I've got a really great expert. Her name is Chanel Baptiste. And I want to give a warm welcome to you, Chanel. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here. I appreciate it. So the power of choices in healthy relationships. Before we get stuck into that, Chanel, please uh, just tell us a little bit about you and and why you've ended up doing what you're doing. Okay. I am Chanel Batiste, your favorite no bullshit therapist. I focus my private practice choosing empowerment on marginalized and disenfranchised communities. And those communities include Black folks, people of color, um, foster and adoptive uh, communities, formerly incarcerated communities, and the LGBTQIA community. Um, and I chose those communities because they are close to my heart. I'm a member of many of them myself. And I wanted to create an environment that, you know, people were able to be comfortable talking to someone who looked like them or who uh, has had some of the same experiences. So there's some things that you just don't have to explain while you're in session. And those communities often have trouble getting to therapy, you know, be it by stigma, transportation, there's always these barriers, finances. And so I've created my practice in such a way that it starts to remove some of those barriers, you know. Um, And so I connect with nonprofits uh, that share the vision and some of them help pay for therapy. Uh, I connect with um, like the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation. Um, I'm on lots of directories who will do that that sort of thing. And I put myself in places where those communities can find me so that they can reach a therapist that understands them. And so um, that that's my goal. That's my purpose is just to heal my people. Oh, that's so excellent. You know, um, it warms my heart to hear you speak, Chanel, because, you know, these sorts of people you know, um, really do need that help the most, don't they? And, um, you know, I I really, really, really highly commend you for doing what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's it's a hard work. It's definitely a hard work. Um, It's it's not for money, (laughs) you know, even though I have to make money, but it's not for money because I know that I'm working with a community that often does not have it, you know, and that needs to use the insurance and that, needs a payment plan or, you know, um, I just want to do it different. I just want to do it in a different way. So it's definitely a work from my heart. That's, that's commendable. So the topic for today, then the power of choices in healthy relationships. Let's, let's have a discussion and a talk about that. What, what is it that you found within your community of, and groups of people that you deal with that, that um, you feel is the biggest pain or challenge for them? Well, I 
the my, my practice has two main premises. One is the power of choice because we choose everything, right? Um, and no matter how small the choice, we choose it. And I, I, I use the example all the time. When you wake up in the morning, you can choose to go to the toilet or you can pee in the bed. But <laughs> who wants to pee in the bed? Because <laughs> the consequences <laughs> of the choice of peeing in the bed is really, you know, it's not pleasurable, right? And so we make the choice to get up. And that's how tiny and minute each and every choice is that we make all day long, right? Um, and so I want them to show people that they, they have that power and they can use those choices for their benefit or for their demise, right? And so um, we don't always choose what happens to us, but we do choose how we respond to it and what we're going to use it for. And so, um, and second, the second main premise is the power of healthy relationships. Because one, I know that um, in the therapy arena, you're not going to tell talk to a therapist who you don't trust, right? That you don't have a relationship with. And because of that, I try to create an environment in my practice where I am open, right? Because they don't teach us in school to disclose. They're like, you know, no disclosure, no disclosure. And so but I'm like, how can you build a relationship with someone if you don't give them some of you? Relationships are reciprocal, yes. right? It's a give and take. And so I can't sit in a position, quote unquote, of power, right? And like, you know, tell me all of your stuff, but you don't get to get to know me at all, right? And so I want my clients to be able to get to know me, you know, from top to bottom, understand that, you know, hey, I've had depression and I have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I have ADHD, you know, so I understand it completely. I get it. I'm living it, right? If I don't disclose those things, and, and I guess the premise from school is, you know, if they know too much about you, y'all going to get too close. You're not going to be able to be by it you know, and stuff, unbiased and stuff like that. But I find just the opposite. I find that people trust you more when they know more about you. You know, um, I, I can do marriage counseling because I've been married and divorced, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. So I can talk about, you know, where I, what mistakes I found in that or how I grew from that or, you know, um, it's not just book knowledge and people don't tend to believe just book knowledge. It's the experience, the lived experience, right? And so sharing that builds that relationship and makes me closer to my clients. And then they share everything. And then I can help because <laughs> I know all the details, right? Um, you know, I'm not judgmental because I, I, I'm, I'm just like you. <laughs> you know, I'm just like you and all that. So um, that and to have the choice of that relationship, right? Like we, the choices that we make every day includes the choices and relationships that we have, Right and how we navigate those things. And so the, the importance of, of making healthy choices in relationship, which is hard when you're hurting and it's hard when you're going through stuff, it's hard when you're seeking something and you don't even know what, exactly what that thing is. But that's part of what I help people do in therapy is be able to see the places that they're empty and why they're choosing the relationships that they choose. Absolutely. So thank you very much for explaining that. and. Um, I do agree with you you know it is about building relationships and being vulnerable and being open yourself to help people realize that you could they don't actually know this consciously sometimes but it helps to create that safe space doesn't it and, right. and that that feeling of um, this this person is just like me 
So right. therefore, I feel yeah. I know them and I can trust them and uh, I can share. Yes. And safety seems to be at the core of every issue, of every issue. We are all looking for safety. We are looking to feel protected. We're all looking to feel safe, you know. And so we choose our relationships based in that. And and it's usually because we're missing something from childhood, you know. Mm. Um, parenting is hard and it's hard when you had trauma and it's hard when you don't know anything. And so... Um, Parents do the best that they can. So there's usually some missing pieces, you know, more for others than 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 some. And so in doing that, you know, you grow up and you're like, oh, well, I didn't get hugged a lot. I like physical touch. That's my love language. I need to find somebody that likes to touch me. <laughs> you yes. know? Yeah. But you might find the wrong person that likes to touch you because they don't have the other qualities that you really need, but you're seeking the thing that you're missing, right? So you end up, in a relationship where, you know, is that that's not healthy because it's unbalanced. Why do you think, um, you know, what do you think are some of the reasons that, for example, um, like you say, we can't blame parents because regardless of whether you've got good, bad or indifferent experiences of parenthood, you know, they, they did the best they can with the knowledge and resources that they had and they probably didn't have the best upbringing. If right. You, if you felt you didn't get the best upbringing. So... You know, um, why do you think it is that if we know logically in our minds that we want love and a, and a healthy relationship, that so many of us attract the opposite? I think that we're programmed in such a way that we, you know, media, you see things on TV, you see the image of what you believe that you want, right? And rather than individualizing, like we're not, we're not we're not brought up to be individuals, right? We're brought up to follow the status quo and you know do what everybody else is doing, and this is the way we do things. And I think if we were more, this is what I need personally, right? And or we're able to be honest with ourselves, but honesty also does not pay. <laughs> you know, it doesn't stop beneficial to be honest with yourself because people make fun of you or they make you feel like an outcast or um it hurts to have to be honest for the most part um which is why safe spaces are important to be able to say hey i'm hurting um i got daddy issues or mama issues or you know i didn't get what i needed or you know so if you're able to be honest about what you need um then you can seek that what you need in a person right but again much of it is subconscious subconscious we we don't know why i reach out for this particular person and for this particular thing right um which i love i love you know reading research things and, and looking at um the bigger picture of things plus how, how our brain and body works right um you seek that what you need right i, I looked up a few weeks ago uh, i think i was like craving red meat and i was like What's your body saying? <laughs> you know, when you're craving red meat, well, you might be low on iron. Cool. Well, you don't have to get use red meat to get iron. You can get it from other places. So I think the same with the emotions and, and the soul, right? Uh, I'm craving a thing. I don't necessarily have to use a maladaptive way to get that thing. I can use a healthy way. But if I don't know, I don't know, right? That's true. Yeah. We probably haven't had healthy role models to... um you know, to watch and observe within our own personal relationships, be that from parents, carers, uh, or even in schools. Right. And I think some of it is 
some of it is just naturally going to come with age, um, but open-mindedness and being willing, right? Um, I have several clients who, um, you know, they seek to change. They seek to to fix the thing that's within them and understand that it's a process and it's going to take some time, right? And so um, that means they're going to, they're picking away at the things a little bit at a time, right? Because it's usually not just one thing, you know? Mm. Um I, I married someone who mimicked the type of love my mom gave me, you know, which was maladaptive. It was a given, it was a, not a give and take, but a, um, it was more of a, I love you, be my baby. I love you. I love you. Love you. And then back off. Right. And so it was back and forth and not consistent. And so I ended up marrying someone who was the same way. Hey, I'm here. I love you. I'm all into you. And then when it was time to take things to the next level or they were feeling real feelings or something else was happening, that things were supposed to get closer, they ran, right? And so I didn't realize that until after I was divorced and years later in therapy, my therapist was like, you don't see the parallel? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? And so she helped me to be able to match that up, that that's, that's just what was comfortable for my body and for my mind, because that's just what I grew up with. That's that was my standard, right? Yeah. And so um we take those things subconsciously. I mean, from birth until seven or eight years old, you're just in sponge mode. You know, you're just sucking in everything that you're sucking in, and that gets deposited in your subconscious. And so that's how you live your life based upon those rules and standards. And th this is how I am programmed, right? This is what love looks like for me. So until you experience something different, you don't know anything different, you know? And that's how most of us navigate our lives and still start picking away at the things that are not working, you know? If you continue to end up in relationships that just are not, what, like, what is the common denominator? It's me, you know? But what is it about me? Why do I keep attracting the same type of person, you know? Because most, for most people's history, you can look through your past and see you were attracted the same type of person in a different body. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's because that this is the same thing that you're seeking. You haven't figured out how to fill that space. And so you're seeking in other people. Absolutely. And it's not to worry, you know, if you've had failed relationships in the past, we all learn something from those. And also being single is a good time to actually work on yourself to make sure you don't keep attracting the same right. patterns in, in another person going forward, isn't it? Yes, and it's troublesome for some people because, again, we've been trained to, you know, go to school, go to college, find your life mate, get married, buy a house, have two kids, and a dog and a cat and a picket fence, right? And so we're programmed so much in find your person when we need to find ourselves first, right? Nobody talks about that growing up. Like, you know, and I talk a lot about what I call Cinderella syndrome, princess syndrome, right? And Little girls are just taught to grow up and find your prince, right? Yeah. They will rescue you from the tower and all that kind of stuff, you know? And so it gives us this mentality that that's what we're supposed to be doing rather than seeking self first. What do I like? What do I enjoy? You know, um, what brings me pleasure? You know, uh, and so because if you don't know yourself, you like how you going to tell or, or display what you enjoy to the other person? Right. And I know for me, when I was growing up, Chanel, and I don't know if it was the same for you, but my parents were very, very strict. And my mother particularly 
was always first to say if I said I wanted anything, she'd always say, "I want, don't get." So I, I got my wow. "I want" trained out of me. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so we we learned not to, or, or or the notion of don't be selfish. Yeah, don't be selfish. Don't be share your toys. Share the share the thing. But what if I this is my special toy? I don't want nobody touching my stuff. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and we should have had that autonomy to be able to say no. Right? But as kids, like you're not allowed to say no to anybody. Definitely not your parents. But like if you're saying no, if you're saying don't touch my things, or you're saying, you know, that's mine, you know, again, that's trained out of you because it's selfish, right? And so then we grow up taking care of other people and not ourselves because that's selfish. Well, it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to be selfish. It's not it okay is. to be self-serving because mm. I, 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 I there is separated a difference. that. It's, it's self-serving is different than selfish, right? Selfish is taking care of me first so that I can be myself with other people. I My love language is acts of service and I am a server, right? I, you know, I enjoy taking care of people. Part of part of it, I believe, is really ingrained in me that that's who I am as a person, and that's how I was born. Um, part of it is childhood trauma because I took care of my mama's kids, right? I raised my siblings, and so um, I'm just a natural caretaker. And so one assignment my therapist gave to me a couple of years ago was she made me make a little pie chart and you know cut it up into eight slices, and in one section she had me to put caretaker you know and she said okay now fill up the rest of the pieces with who you are outside of being a caretaker because that's not just who you are and so that was hard it took me two years to do it really it took me two years to fill all those spaces because every role I had given myself was I couldn't use mom because that was caretaking I couldn't use therapist because that was caretaking I had to find the other parts of myself and I had to create those parts too because I realized I hadn't taken a trip without the benefit of the family right and stuff like that so I took a trip to California you know by myself you know and I was like I am a traveler (laughs) <laughs> you know and so I started filling those spaces with different things you know that did not have direct connection to me taking care of other people right um so and you, it was a wonderful assignment yeah could you give us I mean if you can remember some other examples because I'm sure people listening to this can probably relate you know to being that caretaker that you're talking about and probably doesn't don't know where to start with other ideas so for me, um, again, because I've lived my entire life like that, um, I had to learn first, if you're a caretaker and, um, and, and, and you're alpha by nature as well, um, you don't ask for help. You know, when you grow up in a household where you were the adult or you were, or, or, or any household that you, you weren't able to trust your parents. Right. And so a lot of times abuse and neglect households, a lot of times, um, where uh, parents were on drugs or when parents are just working so much, right? Um, because they just got to take care of the household. There's lots of different situations, of course. Um, but any situation where you are parentified, right? Or adultified, um, where you had to take on the role of an adult rather than just be a kid and be carefree, 
um, you tend to not trust adults and, and people around you because you had to take care of the things. And so um, then that causes you to become a caretaker because you don't trust nobody to take care of you. <laughs> you know, so you start making sure everything around you is as controlled as possible. Right. And so um, one of those big things, too, was like me asking for help. I did not. And I still struggle with it sometimes. Um, and, and giving myself permission, it is OK to ask for help because you don't depend on people. You don't trust people to follow through. You know, you you inadvertently surround yourself with people who you take care of. So so the likelihood is that they don't take care of you because that's the position that you've put yourself in, right? Um, and so you have to curate your relationships in such a way that you surround yourself with people who do who do take care of you as much as you take care of them, um, who, who reciprocate. Most of the time, it's, it's a breaking point. And for most people, when change comes at a breaking point, right? Like, I'm sick of taking care of everybody else. What yeah. about me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so then you start trying to figure out how to make those changes and all that. And so you start to purge people that, you know, are leeches. Because if you take care of people and that is your nature, that's what you're going to attract. And there are some leeches, you know, there are some energy vampires that they will, they will take it if you give it, right? Um, but uh, I often see in social media, people say, you know, if you're the strong friend, <laughs> you know, who takes care of the strong friend? If yeah, somebody's totally. always calling you for help, checking on you, right? Um, so you have to be intentional about choosing those those people who will take care of you. Sometimes it happens accidentally, <laughs> you know. I feel like God in the universe will send you what you need, but you have to be willing to receive it and accept it, right? Um, this gets gonna be challenging. You know, one of one of my assignments as well for my therapist was go stand next to the broom and ask somebody to help you sweep. And I'm like, that don't make sense. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just need to practice asking for help. And that's the most minor thing is, no, you don't need help sweeping, but ask anyway, you know, put yourself in practice of asking for help and being okay. If you get a no answer, that's fine. You know, but you just need to practice. It's just that your kid's going to look at you like, mama, you know how to sweep. What you mean? Help you sweep. Like, what are you talking about? You know, and just keep saying, I need help sweeping. I need help sweeping. And I think I as women, we can quite often, yeah, um, be be quite um, extreme in, in some cases about wanting to be ultra independent and do everything for everybody and dismiss others of their gifts when they are offering help. Right, exactly. And I think some of it is just power control on our part, right? Um, I need to control the narrative. I need to control the thing. Um, I remember um, when I was married and we had our, our youngest kid and, and my ex-husband was changing a diaper. And he, I don't know, he took like half a pack of wipes to change a diaper, right? And I remember like saying like, look, I'm able to do that in two with, with two wipes. Like, I, what are you doing, <laughs> right? And he said, I'm doing it the way I need to do it. I'm doing it in my way. She's clean, right? She's taken care of. I was like, right, you get the job done. He was like, so I'm going to do it in the way I'm doing it. And I'm like, but you use it so many. And he was like, have we ever been out of wipes? And I sat back and I thought about it. And I was like, no, you make sure there's enough wipes, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know how much you want. 
there was never been a time that I went to grab for my little two wipes and they weren't there, right? And so I had to be quiet. Yeah. I had to say, you know what? That's his yeah. way of doing it. It yeah. still gets done. Absolutely. That's me trying to be controlling, right? Con controlling some narrative that it has to be done the way I should do it. Or, you know, like, no, he if he used 15 wipes, he used 15 wipes. As long as her butt is clean. The it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you have to pick your battles, don't you? And, you, you know, you don't have to. Yeah. And, you know, if you're offered help, don't don't try and control. You know, if somebody's going to load the dishwasher for you, don't think they've got to do it your way uh, and make exactly. it wrong for them to do exactly. it. Exactly. Right. Right. Everybody has their way of getting the thing done. And especially if you're a mother or a parent and you are, you know, you're raising kids. How do we teach them how to be independent people if we're doing all the things for them? And that means when they fold the towel, it's not going to be perfectly folded. And you don't have to nitpick it like this corner needs to be. No, <laughs> however they fold it is how they fold it. Just have them put it in, in the closet because that builds confidence, right? You know, absolutely. I, I found myself doing that too. No, it needs to be folded in three. <laughs> so it could, just put it in the closet, babe. Good job. Good job. You did a good job. Now, if I need to go back and refold it for my own, you know, personal, whatever it is, control or whatever, I might do that. But I definitely wouldn't want that child to see that either. No. They'll feel like it wasn't good enough. Or your partner. Right? So you when know, you're trying I mean, to build that confidence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Absolutely. For your partner as well. Like, People are different. We're all individuals, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can respect that part of each other, that we are individuals, um, and accept it, respect it, and and encourage it, right? Because it'd be boring if it was all the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And one of the funniest things I heard from uh, a client was that, um, you know, uh, she'd left reluctantly her husband in charge of looking after the the boys and. Um, mm -hmm you know um her routine was to give them a bath before bedtime and mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> what she heard from her husband was that he didn't give them a bath before bedtime but what he did was because it was a nice day he got the hose pipe out in the back garden yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and cleaned them that way uh -huh. and she said, i just had to bite my lip you know having had the conversation with um you know her coach or mentor at that time um that you know it was okay it was his way that's the way he did yes. it and it was fun they got it done and they have and I, I bet they had more fun doing that than they did being in the tub <laughs> you know yeah. stuff like that dads are gonna do things different you know aunties are gonna do things different grandparents are definitely gonna do stuff different all right because the nature of that relationship might be different and so allow it, let them have different experiences, let them enjoy those different relationships and how they are curated and how they are, how they just naturally form organically, you know, like everything can't be the same. So what else can we sort of, I suppose, share in terms of wisdom around the power of choices in healthy relationships? Can you give um, some practical examples for the listeners here, Chanel? So with regard to choices and relationships, um, like I say for my for my practice, the the choice there is choosing to come to therapy and choosing to choosing to choose a therapist who actually works with you that you vibe with that the relationship is solid, right? And if that relationship does not remain solid because things change, people grow, right? Um, it's okay for you to change that relationship to something someone else, right? 
um, with regard to individual relationships with other people and, and family members for that matter too. They're, a, a big thing happening now is like people going no contact with their parents because they've hurt them and they continue to hurt them, right? Because in order to have a relationship, it shouldn't be something that you are hurting me and I'm saying that I'm hurt and you're not willing to change that part, right? Um, if you're willing to, then we can work on that. If you're not, then I have to make the choice of not continuing to talk to you or minimizing how much I talk to you or deciding what I talk to you about, right? And so in order to have healthy relationships, boundaries have to be drawn and kept. You know, um, that is a vital choice. That's a vital choice. Um, choosing who you continue to fool with. Who, who, who do I want to be want around me? You know, are they encouraging? Or are they putting me down? Are they making me feel good about myself or not? And so you, you can make those choices, you know, and it doesn't matter who they are, whether it be a relative, friend, coworker. If you're on a job that makes you feel like crap, don't stay there. That's, that's an unhealthy relationship, right? Because what we feel affects our entire body and our entire system, right? And so uh, people that are sad often are sick physically, you know? Yes, people that, that Yeah, PTSD wreaks havoc on your body, you know? And re recognizing that connection. And it, and it messes with the spirit, man. It messes with our, our inner selves. And so then we continue to make bad relationship choices because of how we're feeling about ourselves. We're only going to draw to ourselves that who we are, right? So you have to be able to build just the most important relationship is with you. And I think and if we're happier within ourselves, we do think, see things in a more positive light. So you might see that job in a happier, more positive light if you've worked That's on true. yourself and, and got yourself in a, a better state uh, just by doing some of these exercises you speak about. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's absolute truth. You know, our perspective of things is built around how we feel about ourselves. And so that has to be worked on. And 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 I know it sounds silly for some people, but like it literally it does start with looking at yourself in the mirror and saying those things that are uncomfortable, right? I, I grew up in a household where, you know, my mother called me fat and reminded me that I was fat all the time. So I saw myself as fat. And when I looked at my high school pictures, I was like, wait a minute, I wasn't that. I was fat. You know, I don't know why, what I was talking about. You know, but it was my perspective of myself. So until I started recognizing and, and being okay with and loving my entire body and, and no matter what shape, form, or size it, it's in, right? And looking myself in the mirror and saying, girl, you're fine. Every day, girl, you're fine. You know, Absolutely. and it's little things. I wake up in the morning <laughs> and I say, what I'm gonna put on my fine ass today? <laughs> you know, I love that. You know, it's, it's just okay, it's just okay Chanel. Thing. We're coming up it's to the. Thing. Sorry, we're we're coming up to the end of the episode now. So I just wanted to make sure we had time to share your best contact information. Should any listeners be listening, relate to what you're saying, and and want to make contact with you? Oh, absolutely! Don't call me because I can't answer the phone. I'm doing a lot of stuff, <laughs> but my. <laughs> Email, well, actually, my, my website. My website is bestchoosingempowerment.com. Uh, I just started a podcast, FTBS podcast, and that's going to, you, you'll see that everywhere as well. Um, I have a beacon link that we can leave in the um, in the comments and all that. 
Um, but the best thing is going to be my website because that's all my contact information is there. So truthandempowerment.com is the best best place to find me and find out more, more about me. Excellent. Thank you so much. And any final words of wisdom to share on the subject of the power of choices in healthy relationships before we uh, close the podcast? I would just say, like I said a little bit ago, that your your best really, your best and most important relationship is with yourself. And so find a way to curate that, whether it's listening to podcasts, listening to music. Yeah, you know, there's a thousand ways because this we're the age of information, right? And we have access. And so listen to something that makes you feel good and curate that relationship. And then you can reach out and start finding what you actually need in your other relationships. I'm going to always recommend therapy and it's because that's going to help you heal the old stuff so you can find your new self or your true self. Let me say that much. And so take care of your yourself first. It's not selfish. It's not selfish. Absolutely. hundred percent agree with that. So thank you, Chanel, for being so open and sharing all your wisdom and insights today. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This is fun. So it just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts and goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts dash entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.